Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Raptors Reasonless Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Murphy, coming to you from the bowels of the, the Air Canada Center. Uh, joining me, as usual, Eric Green. Eric, how are you, buddy? I'm all right. It's been a, been a long day of worrying about things happening. Yeah, it's always interesting, trade deadline day. It was one of my favorite days when I worked at the score because all of the chaos meant I was in the chaos and I was working and I love those environments. It's a lot weirder only covering one team because yeah. you just sit there idly staring at tweet deck columns yeah. with like four drafts of fill-in-the-blank posts waiting to go up if something happens. <laughs> Freelance life, hashtag. Yeah. Um, one thing I did not have or prepped to post for, Bruno Caboclo traded. This is So I... I do a ton of pre-work just in case. Like, So when I was at the score, I was our draft lead, and I would pre-write posts for everyone who could potentially be a first-round pick. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, on a day like today, I have a couple of posts set up for Raptors acquire Tyreek Evans, Raptors acquire whomever, or, you know, whatever whatever might go down. Uh, both of those times, Bruno Caboclo <laughs> slips through the cracks. Weren't, weren't ready for him when he came here, weren't ready for him when he left. And still not ready to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, I'm sure everyone knows by now. Bruno Caboclo was flipped to the Sacramento Kings for Malachi Richardson, who uh, is not as interesting as his name might suggest. But, in, but importantly, he makes $900,000 less yeah. than uh, Bruno Caboclo. That's pretty much the only reason that this trade took place, yeah, as so far I'll, as I can tell. Yeah, Friday, <laughs> Friday morning, around when this goes up, I'll have a post up detailing where the Raptors are at financially. Uh, this move saves them a little bit of important wiggle room if they want to add a bio candidate, if they want to convert one of their two ways to the 15th roster spot, um, if they want to do anything, basically, between now and the end of the season. If they don't, it gives them extra cushion against the luxury tax in the event that the Raptors go to the finals and Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan hit all their unlikely bonuses. Um, there are a lot of reasons they're, that... They're, they're likely bonuses now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely they are. Um, so there's, there are a lot of reasons that that $900,000 matters. The cost to Toronto being that Malachi Richardson makes about $1.6 million next season, which is only a shade over the minimum for a two-year vet anyway. So it's not, you know, unless Malachi Richardson is Bruno Caboclo levels of unimpactful on the main roster, it's not that big of a cost because you need 14 guys anyway. And even if he is... Yeah, how much has, you know, you look and Alfonso McKinney, Malcolm Miller, and Bruno Caboclo all still have yet to be needed for any actual time. Yeah, I mean, you could say that's a bit of injury luck. It is definitely some injury luck. But uh, look, it's not the world's biggest deal for a team that expects to be in the running next year as well to to win this conference. Yeah, and and for next year, you know, it does maybe tie their hands a little bit in terms of flexibility, but really not that much. Like, Bruno Caboclo was restricted free agent. They were not going to extend him a qualifying offer to maintain his restricted free agency rights. So they're in a situation where, hey, if they want to continue the experiment, they could bring him back on the same minimum deal they could have before. Um, Finally, Malachi and Bruno together. Yeah. Uh, Think so of all the potential. Malachi Richardson, I'm guessing you don't have much of a, an opinion on him. <laughs> he played at Syracuse. He did, which I'm, I'm usually down on Syracuse prospects. See, I, I grew up as a Syracuse fan. Now I'm mostly an agnostic, but yeah. they're still out of the team that I half-heartedly cheer for. I don't dislike them, although I do. I really did not appreciate Jim Beheim's penchant for throwing his prospects oh, under the, the bus once he's they the declared. Um, my issue is that 
while Richardson was at Syracuse and while a lot of NBA prospects were at Syracuse, uh, they run a ton of zone defense. Yeah. So their guys will have decent steal and block rates, which are normally what you're looking at to project defensive ability. And then, you know, you have to play actual NBA defense. Yeah. So Having grown up a Syracuse fan and a Dallas Cowboys fan, I learned how to disassociate <laughs> uh, the team I'm cheering for uh, from the cheering coach. For, from the, not the coach, yeah. like the people who are generally running the the programs. Yeah. Well, if you're a fan of any NFL team, I feel like well, you have yeah. to do that. Yeah, but the Cowboys are like next level. Even my I lucky mean, underdog I mean, Jaguars had an owner who donated a million dollars to Donald yeah, Trump. So yeah, maybe. <laughs> who can you feel worse about as an NFL fan than the Cowboys? Maybe the Washington Football Team. Yes, absolutely, the Washington Football Team. Yeah, I think that's the end of the list. Probably. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, maybe the Patriots. I don't know. Yeah, the Patriots are probably right there with them. That's only because of their success, though. No, Robert Kraft is like yeah, he's BFFs not, with them. Yeah. And Tom Brady with the MAGA hat. And <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. we can get off of this. Uh, <laughs> unless we want Andrew Bogut to be our sole listener. nobody Probably nobody wants to hear about this stuff. Um, so anyway, uh, Malachi Richardson, for those interested in what he's like as a prospect, um, he came out of college looking like someone who might be able to shoot well in the NBA. He has a fairly pretty stroke. He has some nice size for the two-guard position. Um, you know, it hasn't really come together. He shot 30% over 68, I think, NBA threes, and he shot 41% over, I think, 80 G League threes. So there's, you know, kind of a mixed sample there, which Raptors fans will be familiar with for wing prospects, uh, if they, unless they forget Norman Powell already. Uh, so it's a little tough to peg him down. I haven't been super impressed when I've seen him. You know, he's played 17 G Leagues. I think yeah. I saw three of them. <laughs> of um, I have, you know, and then his Sacramento minutes... You know, I'm not going to say I've watched them all, but the impression that I got from Sacramento Kings fans is that they really wanted to like him, and you know they Just weren't they weren't upset about the the flip. Yeah. So um, probably not a big factor for the Raptors. Probably a big factor for the 905 as they try to repeat as champions. Yeah, see how he fits there. Now but, we'll really learn about Jerry Stackhouse's ability to uh, undergo change. Yeah, if having ten if having ten new guys on the roster wasn't enough this year. Now he's got one more. Now he's got one more, and he's out Bruno. Yeah, who was legitimately on his way to being G League all defense, if not first team, then second team. So. You know, it's not a it's not a zero loss for the Niners. He leads the G League in defensive win shares, and yeah. he's top fifteen in I think defensive box plus minus and defensive rating. It's a uh, now it's not a non factor. Now Andrew Bogut and uh, that one D G League fad are the two people who are listening to our podcast. Yeah. Um, okay, so you you wrote on Thursday about the Bruno Caboclo experiment. Yeah. You know, where are you at with it? Is this a, is this a giant failure? Is this the, the one black mark on Masai Ujiri's resume now? You'll always be able to hold it against him. Look, I think... DeAndre Daniels, I will hold it against him. Bruno Caboclo, <laughs> less so, maybe. Look, it's a failure. They they drafted the guy... If you, if you use a first-round pick on somebody, you're hoping to turn him into a player. And no matter how much it was... Uh, you know, they, they knew it was an experiment and they knew the risk was high, that still doesn't excuse the failure of that of that project. But I get it. I got it when they took him, and I got him after it didn't pan out. Uh, would it be nice to have Clint Capella on the roster now or Rodney Hood on the roster now? Sure. Uh, but it's not the biggest sunken cost in in franchise history especially when you hit every other pick yeah yeah in the years that follow and, other than and i think DeAndre that colors Davis. it right uh, like you the raptors 
have shown over the last three years of drafting that their development system is really, really good. And so therefore it wasn't this big leap of logic to see a guy who has a never-ending wingspan, a decent-looking shot, and say, hey, our development team could turn this guy into a player. It didn't work. That's life. It goes against Masai Jerry and his front office in the grand scheme, but I think that's the type of swing, especially given where they were at the time, that you want them taking. And, you know, philosophically, I get it, and I, yeah. it's not something I could at all kill them for. Yeah, it's and it's also, like, it's been one of the most interesting subplots for yeah. the last four years. I, it, it was a better thought experiment than yeah. an actual experiment. And there are, <laughs> look, there are, there are a couple of big what-ifs here that maybe it could have turned out differently. You know, the big one being, what if they had Raptors 905 when he was a rookie? Yeah. He spent that year basically redshirting and watching basketball for the first time. He, had, he knew one NBA player when he was drafted, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. So, you know, that was, uh, you know, maybe he still would have redshirted that year, but maybe getting minutes right away helps. The other one, you know, maybe if they draft and stash him. Yeah. For a year, which Masai Ujiri, before the season, discussed, you know, and said, well, maybe... Yeah, he discussed it before, sort of, saying, eh, yeah. I think we did fine. And, and but I, who, who knows I still think what he really thinks. I, I actually still think that's the right call, even though, from a pure asset management standpoint, burning a year of his contract to have him redshirt sucks. From a development standpoint, you know, a guy that raw who's probably not going to play on anything but, like, a third-tier team in Europe at that age... You know, yeah. it probably made sense to try to have his development in-house. Yeah. Um, the other what if, the big one, I mean, there are a bunch of smaller ones too, but the big one, you know, what if the Raptors had gone down the path they thought they were going down? Yeah. And they weren't that good. Or what if at some point, you know, the bottom did fall out of this and they could suddenly give Bruno Caboclo NBA minutes to see what's there? Yeah. Maybe, I, I but... I don't the, think it ends out... I don't think it But they also took him after they made the playoffs, right? It was, right. It I'm just saying, yeah. you know, there was a time where it wasn't clear if DeMar DeRozan yeah. would resign or if Kyle yeah. Lowry would resign. And then, you know, the year they went to the conference finals, had they been out in the first round that year, you know, things probably would have been very different. So... Yeah, for um, sure. Uh... Those are, and those there are a lot of what ifs, but there are there are what ifs. But he had every a, draft prospect. Yeah, the thing is, he had, he did have ample opportunity to prove himself. He was basically given the first shot to yeah, be in the year. rotation and training and he camp. He was horrible and in the training he, camp. Yeah. yeah. So and so it's it's yeah. one of those things. I understand the experiment. I don't think, you know, I don't think Bruno Caboclo as a person is the reason that it didn't work out. He's a nice guy who people liked having around. By all accounts, he worked very hard um, and cared about getting better and you know sometimes this this is why it's a high reward play you know if, yeah. if there wasn't a high risk that it doesn't work out yeah you wouldn't be able to get those kind of potential rewards at number 20 yep um, your sample size is one when you draft the guy so you know <laughs> even if bruno works out two out of ten times or three out of ten times you only get you only yeah. get one of those samples yeah. um and, and, the, and the good place it works yeah out. in terms of <laughs> Uh, you know the the sunk cost, the the number twenty pick. Interestingly, the the number twenty pick has been really successful. That doesn't mean that yeah, you know the number twenty pick. This is, it's like Royal Rumble numbers. Yeah. Just because the guy at number twenty seven has won the most times, like it doesn't it's mean exactly like Royal Rumble. Just because numbers. number twenty seven has won the most doesn't mean you want to be number twenty seven if given the choice between twenty seven and thirty. Yeah, you know? yeah of course. <laughs> yeah, as you're well aware. Um, but it is interesting. Delon Wright also number yeah. twenty pick. Um, Karis Levert, who looks pretty nice, and then in the years before Bruno, Tony Snell, Evan Fournier, Donatus Motiunas. So um, he's you know 
he breaks up this run of good good number twenty. Yeah, picks. I think the f- the thing that fans still sometimes bring up Riding about a, um, uh, well, I mean, uh, in addition to that is, you know, why didn't they just wait till thirty seven? And yeah. you know, I've heard that they bring back Vince. <laughs> I've heard that they thought um, that he was not going to be available at thirty seven. That the three or four teams that were that were uh, you know aware of him basically one of them was going to take uh, him in between 21 and, and 37 we'll never know um, but they liked him enough and they liked the idea of him enough that they rolled the dice and again yeah they missed out on some players but I, I just have trouble killing them for that yeah it was fine it's over now um, it's going to be weird <laughs> Now, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to Mississauga. Yeah. yeah. Square yeah. One and, and Chandra's aren't, aren't big enough draws. Maybe maybe I'll hit it off with Malachi Richardson. I don't know. I give it an over-under of 10 days before you're back there. Yeah, I'll be there Monday. <laughs> um, okay, so so though, that was the move the Raptors made that we probably didn't need to spend 13 minutes on. Uh, the moves the Raptors didn't make are Were probably... all of the rest of the moves. Yes. Um, are you okay with that? Yeah, I, I wrote this tonight... Uh, on Thursday night for The Athletic. I mean, the reason they didn't make a move is because the bench has been so damn good. Uh, there are other reasons. We're not going to talk about the Knicks game because I don't want to talk about that game. Yeah. Uh, but the bench, everyone scored in double figures in range from plus 18 to plus 23. Yeah. Pascal Siakam had six assists, and he would be the guy who stands to fall out of the rotation yeah. if if they had upgraded, yeah. probably. I mean, I mean the, the realities of, their C, of the CBA... And their sort of the the construction of their roster from a salary perspective obviously limited what they could do, but there weren't upgrades on these guys. There are upgrades from like a specific skill standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like you could get a better shooter in there, and they still might be able to do that via the bio market. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they don't at this stage, but. You are not going to get an overall talent upgrade on the five guys who are playing right, right this now. Is the, you, you almost hit a point where like the sweet spot is so small between this guy is available to us because he's not that good, yeah. and this guy would help us and he's not available to us because we yeah. can't afford him. That, that sweet spot is small. So you see Luke Babbitt go to Miami for nothing, basically. Mm-hmm. But Luke Babbitt would be a strictly an end-of-bench specialist on this team. Yeah. You see Marco Bellinelli go unmoved, but he the salaries wouldn't have worked anyway. Uh, the one interesting one, and this isn't interesting from a Raptors perspective because I don't, you know, I think he was the best player available in the Raptors salary range. I don't know if he was the best fit in Tyreek Evans. Um, Memphis held hard to their asking yeah. price by all reports. Apparently, can't remember if it was Zach Lowe, the reporter. Zach Lowe just retweeted it, but I guess Denver offered either two seconds or yeah. Moutier in a second. Yeah. Um, and Memphis balked at that. And, and not getting two seconds for a guy you don't even have bird rights on, you know, they held to wanting a first. And I don't blame the Raptors for not dealing a first for anyone. Yeah. No, I, I, I was surprised he wasn't moved, obviously. It's, it's sort of unprecedented to see a guy held out before the trade deadline and not move. Yeah, uh, like there's such a small yeah. benefit to keeping him now where they can give him the mid-level, Yeah, but there's nothing tying him there. He can get the mid-level yeah. from anyone. And then if you get the... If you get them, if he gets to mid level, and then you have his bird rights in two years, you know, the Tyreek Evans you have in two years might not be a Tyreek Evans you care about having the bird rights to to, to extend longer. It's, I don't yeah. know, I would have taken the two seconds if I'm Memphis probably. Yeah, it's a, it was a weird deadline, and that 
that aspect. They like, also I, got very little for James Ennis, who would have been, you know, a nice... Yeah, a and nice I line. just couldn't believe that Atlanta didn't end up finding anybody to take Bellinelli. Yeah, maybe, it'll be interesting to see the if they buy point. out yeah. Bellinelli and Ilyasova. Yeah, those you know, those are got those guys are part of the next conversation we're gonna have. Yes. You know, like uh, it's, but but yeah, like if I'm the Raptors, I'm not giving up that 2020 first for any of the guys no. that got moved or didn't get moved. Yeah. You know, like like the only firsts that were moved were the one for Mir- Miritich, which came included up, Omer Sheik's yeah, yeah. salary going back. Yeah, so they had to pay X million dollars just to do that. Which has been a trend recently. Yeah, Lou where, Williams you know, last year. The Andrew somebody Nicholson else. one, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, Washington gave yeah. up a first for Bogdanovich, but also got out of Andrew Nicholson's yeah. deal. And the other first that was moved was Cleveland's own, and they have another lottery pick, and they're trying to appease the second greatest player of all time. So I'm not sure they needed to include a first to get that deal done because they were eating Clark's contract, which was huge for the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, we should have that conversation because the Cavs were extremely busy. The Celtics sat out, which don't get me started on Marcus Smart suddenly, oh, we weren't actually interested in trading him. What, you think somebody's leaking? He just, uh... he just punched a picture frame about it or whatever happened there. <laughs> um, the Celtics stand pat. Uh, the Wizards Wizards didn't do anything, right? They traded Sheldon Mack for nothing? Uh, uh, they got Sheldon Mack for nothing. Okay. Didn't they? I thought I they know. traded Sheldon Mack. Oh, maybe they Mack. did. I don't know. There's also Sheldon Mack, and he was playing against one of the teams involved in the Sheldon Mack game tonight. Uh, I was very... It was very confusing. I don't know. I think Washington traded I, away Sheldon Mack. Okay. For the same here's, reason the Raptors here, traded away Bruno Cabello. Here's my issue. Sheldon Mack and Sheldon Mack are two different players. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, my law. Sheldon Mack going from Sheldon McClellan to Sheldon Mack yeah. was very inconvenient. Um, anyway, so most of the teams toward the top of the East stood pat. The Cleveland Cavaliers did not. The Cleveland Cavaliers traded... What did they trade? They traded... I'm trying to I'm trying to sort out all the trades separately instead don't of don't do well. that. Okay, so they <laughs> they got rid of Dwayne Wade. They got rid of Channing Frye, Iman Shumpert, Derrick Rose, Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas, and, and Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, and a first round pick, and so a second six round players okay, anyway. and a first round pick. Yeah, and, they and got, maybe an ex, a second round pick. Yes, too. I think a second round pick went in that three team deal, and they got back. So first, second, six players. They got back George Hill, Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, and Larry Nance. Those are some good pieces. Uh, I don't particularly have a lot of time for Jordan Clarkson as a rotation piece on a quality team, but you had to take something back to, you know, get Larry Nance. Yeah, and you ha- and like you need players. Yeah, I think a lot of the Cavs deals were about getting Isaiah Thomas and Derrick Rose out of there, uh, doing Dwayne Wade a favor maybe, and getting him back to Miami, or maybe getting him out of there too. Yeah. Um, and you know the players are kind of secondary to that, but they got some good players. Yeah. Rodney they're... Hood can. Re- Sorry. Go ahead. They're just, they make more sense now as yeah. a team. Um, as, e- even if they don't, they've gone yeah. from negative infinity chemistry yeah. to neutral zero chemistry, which everyone was kind of wringing their hands, like, how can the Cavs pull it together in 30 games and find that chemistry? They didn't have any to begin with. So you're starting off from an even better point by accident with zero chemistry. Yeah. Um, and look, like, Nance is a versatile big man uh, defender. He's not like switch on to any player or anything but he, he adds like infinitely more versatility up front than yeah. they had he can play the previously the and... uh, you know George Hill is if he's healthy is a really good defender for that yeah. position he's lost something 
but he's also been playing in Sacramento. And, and he's shooting the ball really yeah. well. Uh, now, as I think Zach Lowe pointed out, he's barely shooting. Um, yeah. Protecting those percentages like uh, Rec League Blake Murphy. Yeah. But, um, but uh, he, you know, he's given the Raptors trouble before, obviously. Yeah. He's a solid player. He's a big piece for the Kyrie Irving um, and Kyle Lowry matchups. Yeah, and Rodney Hood is, you know, goes to their... You know, one of their most tantalizing wings. Yeah. Uh, you know, sort of, and you hope he can be a little bit what Jay Crowder was supposed to be, and then and then was it? Yeah. Uh, with a with a bit more off the ball creativity. Hood's interesting because he shoots he's not well. quite he does the defensive that. player that Crowder. And is. and honestly, in seeing people around Utah talk about it today, maybe this is a case of just burying a guy on his way out the door. You know, his defense has not lived up yeah. to his reputation this year. And he's been in and out of the lineup with injuries. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe his name being trade rumors has something to do with it. I don't know. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't think DeMar DeRozan's looking down Rodney Hood quite the same way he's looking down Jay Crowder in a playoff series. But he's good, and he can shoot. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, the big thing is, does this reinvigorate LeBron? Because if so, the Cavs are are a lot... Not to not to minimize the other things. I think they did help themselves right now today. Like I think yeah. they're better today from a strictly X's and O's perspective. And as you were saying, the chemistry. Like while they have to put together a team, it was already a flaming disaster before. And they're going to be the, fine and offensively. And their offense is LeBron. Do what you want. Yeah. And, and they have so, more shooting. Yeah. Uh, so. so I think yeah, they're better. But if I'm the Raptors. You know, there are worse scenarios for what the Cavs could have done today to make them scarier, I guess. By the The, way, uh, just to break this to you, but when the fans hear it, uh, they will know this. The Celtics won in overtime, so the Raptors remain a game back. Damn. Unbelievable. Uh, Okay, so with the Cavs, the, the one thing I'll say, you mentioned LeBron turning it on. So kind of hanging over all of this was that I understand the infighting, I understand the battling in the media and kind of pre-battling before LeBron leaves again. I feel like some of that was going to go away anyway once the deadline passed because now there's nothing to be done about it. There's no need for the pushback in the media back and forth to get deals done or to not get deals done or to get a commitment from LeBron or whatever because it's done now. You can't do anything. So I feel like maybe they would have rounded into form a little bit or at least got their heads out of their collective asses um, a little sooner. I mean, it already looked like LeBron was... Back engaged last night. Yeah, or Wednesday 35, night. 10, and 15. Yeah. 37, 10, and 15. But apparently he had been told that there was significant traction on trades before that game, there you thus go. explaining his uh, in- level of engagement. Um, so, anyway, I think the Cavs will, you know, obviously they become the most interesting team for the yeah, rest like of the season. Yeah, like I think how, how I put it is, is like, you know, it's a bit safer to bet on never bet against LeBron in the East today than it was yesterday. But I like, again, that roster isn't scaring the crap out of me. LeBron still scares the crap out of me and they're a bit sturdier. That's the way I I think the way I described it, maybe in this podcast last week or or somewhere else was I would have still, even before the deadline, ranked Cleveland as the favorite, but I probably would have taken the field, which is basically Boston and Toronto combined. I like the and the Wizards, nah, 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 <laughs> and the Pistons. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I think Toronto and Boston, if you combine their chances, are more likely to go to the NBA. It's more likely that it's someone that's not Cleveland, yeah. but Cleveland is still the best odds of any individual yeah. team. I think I still feel like that, but I think but Bo- I think Cleveland close. has pushed closer to being, you know, just the straight up. You know, it's more likely Cleveland's there yeah. than not. Like maybe we're talking forty-five, twenty-five, however the 
whatever else from there instead yeah. of 35, 30, 30. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know that doesn't add up to 100. I'm leaving 5% scraps for whomsoever <laughs> wants, to, uh, wants to take that. Just yeah, for Miami or Giannis <laughs> or, you know. Yeah, just Giannis. Okay, so the Raptors are what they are for the time being. Until they they're not. Could Until they're not what they are. Be players in the bio Until they're market, something else. Which, byproduct of the trade deadline being moved earlier, which I didn't realize, uh, we're going to have three weeks of people asking us, well, what about this guy in a bio? What about this guy in a bio? My short answer is, until that guy's bought out, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Marco Bellinelli is going to be bought out. He's back playing, uh, so maybe he's not. I don't know if Ersan Ilyasova is going to be bought out. Don't know if Vince Carter who is going to be bought out. Sportsnet's uh, Michael Grange reported on Thursday night that the Raptors had uh, internal had discussed internally uh, Vince Carter as one of a number of options in a potential buyout situation, which has exactly as many qualifiers as it needs yeah. because we don't know if he wants to pull like. Again, he's not going to have a big role on this team if yeah. he comes here. Uh, I like that fit, but like it's it's. I do too, yeah. and I think adding another veteran wouldn't hurt. And you know, the the issue here being, one, Vince has been very clear that the reason he signed Sacramento instead of ring chasing was he that wants he wanted to play. he wants to play still. Two, Sacramento hit a roster crunch today in all their trades where they had sixteen guys and they had to cut someone. If a buyout for Vince Carter was coming, and maybe they just couldn't get traction on it in time, maybe they hadn't had a, enough discussions or whatever, today would have been a very logical day to buy out Vince Carter and save them eating money on Papa Giannis. And the or, embarrassment of yes. cutting your uh, lottery pick. Yes. Oops. So, you know, today would have been the day that made a lot of sense for that. So, you know, I know a lot of people are going to ask about it, and I would be very excited at the prospect of seeing where Vince Carter chooses to play on the bio mark as well, and we know we've heard reports that the Raptors I had could, discussions with Vince Carter this offseason. I think it could be Cleveland. Yeah, that would be, you know, if Vince Carter wants to burn all the goodwill he's he's, he's gotten back over What would time be worse, Cleveland or Boston? Boston would be worse. Boston would be worse. Yeah. Cle- Cleveland, Cleveland, at least, he's like Cle- open. Uh, oh, yeah. Is this it right here, the thing I read every week? Yeah, but this time we're recording. Jack Armstrong, how are you I mean, doing, how Jack? How you guys doing, all right? We're doing all right. To be here. Yeah. Well, who are we getting on the we're wildly, That's what that's we're talking about. Who, who do you like? I keep hearing Vince Carter. What's going on with Vince Carter? Well, what's going Gra- on? Grange reported tonight that the Raptors have talked about it a little bit, but we don't know if he's going to get bought out or not. Wow. All right, who else are we going to get if it's not Vince Carter? You got your be- Joe Johnsons. You got your Marco Bellinelli's. You, but all Joe these Johnson's all these guys have to be bought out before we can seriously Isn't consider. it nice to be bought out, though? That, like, yeah. that's, <laughs> I've never been bought out. I want to get bought out. I really want to get bought out. We can't afford to lose here. No, but it's Jack a nice off. life. Just a second. Come on, let's go. What's that? Some some cash. <laughs> <laughs> You buy me out? Uh, Send me to Sacramento. Never never buy you out, Jack. (laughs) Well, we'll see what happens. I I apologize for messing up. No, no, no. We'd love to have a brief My guest appearance. Yeah, this is impressive. We'll have to have you on for a proper one. I would be happy to come on. I I read it every week. I I enjoy it. It's very thoughtful. Yeah, we try. You guys are thoughtful. (laughs) Appreciate it, Jack. And uh, we don't have a lot of thoughtful. No, it's no. sports. We're thin on we, need it, we need intellect. I like yeah. intellect. And a, and we because I lack it. <laughs> That's not <laughs> true, Jack. Have a good one, Jack. Uh, this this has became the best episode of the podcast yet. No offense to Josh Lundberg and Ryan Wilson, the other guys who've interrupted us in the past, but 
That was a that was a better guest appearance. Yeah. Um, okay, so do you <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I do think the Raptors are going to be active on the bio market, and yeah. you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they end up with a Jason Thompson type that's not very sexy and it's just an extra guy and an extra body for practice and a in case of emergency kind of guy. I, like I'm not saying it's going to be Jason Thompson who's rights they still hold in free agency um they still do they have to do they still have nando's they do still have nando nicola's restricted free agent rights and early bird rights but not sunny waves not no, sunny he plays Wings. sunny Wings, yeah. yeah yeah um not sunny Wings. nando nicola though yeah uh, two years left on his jessica moscow deal though but after that yeah after that when he's in his 30s <laughs> <laughs> um He'll okay. be the veteran pickup that team so, needs to chase a rig. I'll just throw it out there because we can't go through every candidate and evaluate yeah. because the answer every time would be we don't know if they're going to get bought out. And then the player also has the agency yeah. to sign in a tropical locale and, like Miami or and, like Joe Johnson yeah. did the other year. And there year. are some teams that will be more willing to spend more money if it's available to them. Yes, uh, which the is thin though. Yeah. Because the Raptors still have their biannual exception, yeah. which started prorating on January 10th. But as of today, they could offer a player $2.77 yeah. million. I assume there are some teams that have the biannual exception that can use it and not go into the tax. Maybe that's a faulty assumption. Yeah, um, but I'm sure there, also, I'm sure there are. Cares? I have to look at it. But yeah, yeah, that wouldn't matter to the player. The player doesn't care. No, I know, but that tax. might make that team more yes. likely to spend it, whereas um, the Raptors And then there are, are a couple of teams with disabled player exceptions yeah. out there. So maybe you know they, they have a little edge. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Boston burn theirs on, on Greg Monroe, yeah. who officially signed Anyway, today. this is the minutiae of minutiae. Yes, uh, which I'm going to be writing about tomorrow, so why are we burning it all now? Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, is there a name on a bad team who you think is possible could be bought out and would possibly be a fit for the Raptors? Look, I love the idea of Vince. I, I think that's great. I like Bellinelli, too. I, I wish... You know, I don't like Joe Johnson. He, he's... I, I know people in this market are just... have the memory of him on the nets just singed into their brains. But uh, he's shooting 28%, and that's the no- from three, and that's the, the number one thing that the Raptors have to look for in any buyout candidate is somebody who can hit a shot. Like, even if it's a specialist, like, that's that's what you're looking for, right? I would also say with Joe Johnson, he wants out of Utah, as they're making a playoff push and are doing pretty well uh, to make that playoff push, and it's, it's not immediately clear why. I assume it's because the role and the fit isn't great. Uh, I don't know if Joe Johnson's a guy that's going to be willing to come and yeah. play the 13th man. Yeah, so I think... Bellinelli and Carter are the two guys who immediately jumped out. Is, is there anybody that you? I'd like? have to look through the, yeah. the list. Like nobody, nobody. They always teams always surprise you with buying guys out. Like sometimes they're unexpected guys. There's no one that yeah. really popped to me. Like I don't think, you know, you look at some of the names the Raptors would have wanted in a trade. Maybe like Joe Harris or Quincy AC guys who could yeah. be end of the bench guys cheap. You know, I don't I don't see what the incentive is for those teams to buy those yeah. players out. So yeah, the one guy that moved that you thought might get bought out was uh, other than Joe Johnson is Channing Fry and the Lakers said they're going to keep him. Yeah, Ramona uh, Shelburne reported yeah. Yeah, that the, the Lakers intend to keep him. So. Uh, not that I think that's necessarily the position you the Raptors would want, but like I wouldn't be opposed to them getting Fry. Yeah, as, but, I, as but, I tweeted yeah. today, um, he could replace you as my co-host of the podcast. Yeah, um, Channing Fry is great. Uh, Everybody one option I'm going to throw out there. Wouldn't you rather he replace you? Yeah, yeah. I don't like doing podcasts. That'd be that'd be good. Um, uh, one option I'm going to throw out there that I don't think is likely. I don't think he would see minutes on the team, but I'm crossing my fingers. 
apparently Boris Diaw has an out in his deal oh, in yes. France. He's averaging like 12, 7, and 5 on 62% true shooting. Uh, is still only 35. The Raptors reportedly had interest in the summer. Mm. Bobo. Poor man's Pascal Siakam. Let, let's go, man. <laughs> Come, I will take you to all the coffee shops, all the wine bars... You don't have, don't even have to play. Just just come <laughs> hang out, man. Yeah, but how much more? How many more good vibes can the Raptors handle? I think they could handle more. More good vibes. I think they could have more good vibes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, look, no one in the locker room has an espresso machine at their locker. Yeah. Well, I I don't really know the coffee habits of the Raptors. I don't either. Yeah. Maybe I should write about this. Sounds more like a me story than a. It you does story. sound like a you story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got to go into the cat minutia and. You know, do X's and O's breakdown of Pascal Siakam running the double drag continuity series as a point guard. So, um, yeah, that, that will follow up on my 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 point center of Pascal Siakam daydreams from last week. Yes. Uh, okay. I did it in broad strokes. You can do it in specificity. Yeah, I got some I good can't stuff. Believe from I got about that word today, out right. So. Specificity. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> um, okay, we should wrap this up. Uh, We'll talk again early next week, probably. I don't know. They have a Tuesday, Wednesday back to back. We'll see. We'll find Maybe time around there. Or after. Yeah, yeah or after. We'll, games, we'll figure yeah. it out. I, I've let go of wanting to do this on Tuesdays every week because sometimes that makes no sense with the Raptor schedule. Yeah, and we got the All Star break coming up. Uh, we oh, yeah. like we could probably get back on the Tuesday schedule. We, this is what we need to do: is do our schedule like while the podcast yeah. is recording. Uh, we'll figure it out. Anyway, we'll. Uh, do you have any parting shots before we let the people go? Um. Yeah, no. You do not? Uh, the big thing is what you mentioned. Like, there are a lot of potential fits. And until they're bought out, we don't know. And, and they have to want to come here. Those are two things. Which, get your inferiority complex. Two it, things that the Raptors have no control over. Yes. Or the, limited control the, the over. Raptors, the fan base, and like... Man, it, I love to no end how passionate Raptors fans are. It is very funny to me, though, occasionally when there is an enormous inferiority complex about no one respecting the Raptors, no one talking about the Raptors, the league having a bias against the Raptors, and then everyone also assumes that any player that's bought out would have Toronto number one on their list. Yeah. It's like, why would they go to Golden State and not play? Why would they go to Cleveland? LeBron's a jerk. Why would they go to Boston? It's Boston. LeBron's energized now, though. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron is probably you're still your best bet if you're if all you care about is going to the finals, but the gap is small. Masayu Jerry's sales drive. Where's Drake? Where's Drake? <laughs> Drake's Drake's gotta come swoop in and get us and uh, get them Boris Dia. <laughs> That's actually That's the only thing that could make Blake okay, happy at this tell point. Tell me tell me they wouldn't be immediate great friends. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. Like Drake has an Instagram photo ready to go, probably. Boris Dia is way too classy for Drake. I don't know about that. Drake's, I, a, Drake's a classy guy. I think... He has the finest... I think Boris Dia is a more, a more natural extrovert. I think... I think they get along because they're two men of the world. And two, two guys who everyone seems to get along with. Does everybody get along with Drake? As long as he's not interested in your girlfriend, I think so. Or stealing your lyrics, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Allegedly. Ghostwriting, whatever. Allegedly. Yeah, like other writers don't rip off other writers in our industry, too. I, I've never once taken a syllable from not another you. writer. I'm not accusing you. Hmm. Just, you know, there were some Bruno Caboclo takes today from people who haven't watched Bruno Caboclo. Yeah. 
just, just saying. Okay. Just I'm not I'm not throwing any specific shade. Just just but, general shade. Yeah. Just general, you know. Cite your sources. Yeah. That one or Yeah. Anyway. Or you, so, you cited uh, I, me as a source. Incorrectly, but yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Look, man, there's there's very there's very minimal value in me trekking out to Hershey Center all of the time. I feel like being the only person who's actually seen Bruno play was one of the things that held value about it. Yeah. So well. now that it's gone, I would like to hold on to it as tightly as I can. <laughs> that, that's that's they they say the best way to let go let go is to hold tightly. Yes. Yes, and, and then if it comes back to you, something like that. Yeah. Um, I know a little of, let it go. of love. and No, I, I know lots of having to let go, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, we should, we should wrap this up. Hey, guys, new uh, Dashboard Confessional album. It's not bad, but it's... I, I don't want him to play... Look, it, I had an okay time listening to it today. Play the hats. I don't want it... When he's playing here in March and I'm there... I don't really want to hear him play many of those songs. Where is he playing? Uh, I think Danforth. I can't remember. Oh, boy. I have tickets, but... I'm just going to go and hang out. I'm not even going to go to the concert. I'm just going to go and hang out with all the emo kids in line. Yeah, man. Um, there's some good concerts here in March. I got Gang of Youths, too. The Gang Raptors of, Bench Unit. Gang of Youths? Yeah, the, the Raptors Bench Unit is performing a concert. <laughs> Gang of Youths. Go farther in rightness. The, the Raptors Bench performs a concert. Every night at the Air Canada Centre. By the way, one, another thing one of us needs to dig into is the weird fire ritual they have in pregame warm-ups. Like, I've known that they do the push-ups and stuff like no. that, and they lay on the ground. But they also, like, I didn't notice until the other day, like, treat the fire coming out of the stanchion like it's a god or something like that. They look just, like, in awe of it every time. Wow, I have... I have- on my story idea list, I have two pregame intro things written down, and that is not one of them. Damn. What are the other two? We can't talk about it on the podcast. Okay. okay. I'm giving all my ideas away. One of them you just mentioned. The, oh. uh, the other... The push-ups. Yeah, yeah. The other I have not. Okay. Uh, we, we, we should, should go. We should yeah. this out, man. I gotta go home. It's been a long day. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, over. Hello. It's over. <laughs> uh, okay, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you sometime next week. Bring back Vince. It's too late to be a reasonable